Hey everyone, what's up? Welcome in to another episode of Real Sports Talk by Naraj Kalia. It is February 1st, 2023. Hope you're all doing well. Hit the middle of the week, so almost there to the weekend. Hope you've all been doing well, staying warm, getting through this little bit of chill time here. Um, as we get closer and closer to finding out, will we have more winter? Will we have early spring? All of that on the horizon. As always, you can find more of me and my content. Uh, the past NFL, you know, past NFL season, and, and then some going back on Zencaster, Spotify, Apple, Google, you know, Amazon, and many other platforms. So do check it out. Do share. And as always, thank you for listening. So in today's episode, I am going to get into some of the coaching hires that have taken place in the NFL. Obviously, things are kind of winding down, and a few teams have left. Two teams have coaching, you know, head coaching vacancies left. That will be the Arizona Cardinals and I believe the Indianapolis Colts. I'm missing one. Sorry, but I think those are two teams that still need coaches. Um, so I'm going to get into. Some of the teams that made their coaching, coaching decisions, some obviously got finalized just yesterday. Um, so I'm going to kind of give you my take on these hires and what they mean as of right now. Obviously, there's a whole lot that can change for these teams and these coaches as they get into free agency and, and beyond. Oh, sorry. I just realized I used my wipers in the wrong time. Um, so, you know, you just look at it and... Um, a lot of teams kind of had to start their process a little bit early. Obviously, after the regular season ends, you know, you want to be able to, uh, you know, go through those, um, you know, interviews and trying to get, you know, narrow down candidates. And, you know, diversity in the NFL has always been like, a, a, a you know, a top, you know, issue. Because obviously, over the years, so many coaches have, Minority black head coaches have tried to interview for the head coaching opportunities, and you know, a lot of times owners have continued to kind of go back to their connections and kind of. I mean, it's, it's, it's a tough process, it's a tough position to be in because you want to hire the best people for the best job. And uh, NFL coaches, it's not easy to be an NFL coach. You get an opportunity to be a head coach of a team, there's nothing guaranteed, nothing easy about it. So. There's always gonna talk about you know hiring the best person for the job for the for the role, kind of the build a culture. You look at the successful teams in the NFL. <coughs> excuse me. Um, they really did their research, went with something that they hoped could work out, took you know chance maybe on something you know, and they made that happen. But whether it's from within or whether it's from out, I mean, there's a lot of processes that have to kind of be finalized before you can hire a coach and so it was good to see some things kind of uh, develop at least for this cycle the way that it did you know do Um, and now we're going to find out how things go forward with the Cardinals and um, with the Cardinals and the Colts and they will have um, a lot of decisions to make in terms of how they want to kind of build things forward and how do they want to kind of finalize their coaches because there are still some good candidates out there and obviously a few are 
if we're looking for seven coaching wise. Um, so should be interesting to see what ultimately ends up transpiring um, with those two teams. But let's get right into it. Um, there were um, several teams that were in the mix in the news a lot the last few days. Um, and the Carolina Panthers were the first team uh, to go ahead and hire their coach. And the Panthers hired Frank Reich to be their next head coach. Frank Reich had, um, you know, had been one of those, uh, you know, coaches, coordinators, um, you know, throughout the years. And, you know, he did an incredible job when he was on part of, you know, the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, to the developing quarterbacks, and then kind of going to Indianapolis where he did lead the Colts to the playoffs two of the three seasons that he was there. Um, Obviously, he had a tough year last year of being fired, I think, midway through the season because, you know, the Colts obviously weren't competing as well. You know, the quarterback situation kind of didn't work out with Carson Wentz being there and, you know, Matt Ryan being there. You know, those things kind of didn't exactly pan out as they hoped to. And you look at it, Frank Reich, uh, someone who had a winning record did do some good things uh, but he didn't have a whole lot to work with in, in Indianapolis you know after they made some changes to their roster uh, it just wasn't really hard it was really hard for the Colts to get it done they obviously had he, they obviously came up short in some instances and Jim Mercy obviously kind of just really didn't have the patience and didn't feel like the team was responding he made that, that decision um, so I mean there you have it I mean it was just more of you know the Colts um, and Frank Reich now goes into Carolina a team that has had a bunch of quarterback questions uh, the last few years that they've tried to address that consistently Frank Reich was the first quarterback in Carolina Panthers team history this kind of him returning to his roots where he ended up actually playing quarterback and the Panthers with this move really went into deciding that the only way they can really compete and the NFL is trending is to really have those coaches that are offensive minded that are experienced in those those areas where um you know, they can really do a lot in terms of um, bring about changes in the offense. The Panthers have had all, have had some great offensive pieces throughout the years. Um, but look at what happened, right? Um, they traded away Christian McCaffrey. Cam Newton, obviously, was a favorite, you know. And then you bring in Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold. <clears throat> and you just are not able to get it done with those guys. Now, honestly, I thought that Steve Wilkes, the defensive coordinator for the Panthers, who took over, who took over as interim head coach, deserved more of an opportunity um, to be the coach. Uh, you know, he, he deserved an opportunity to, to be the Cardinals, uh, sorry, the Panthers head coach. He had really led this team midway rallying this team and they played some really good football under Steve Bucks towards the end of the season. They almost made it to the playoffs if they hadn't 
lost a few games here and there. Um, so, I mean, you have to give it up to Steve Wilkes for an incredible job. And obviously, there was a whole lot made about Steve Wilkes and whatever transpired. And no doubt, I mean, it shouldn't have transpired the way that it did. I, but I think Steve Wilkes will get an opportunity to be in that position again, possibly to be a coach. And but you just look at it. I mean, he's had previous experience and it's hard for defensive coaches sometimes to succeed in the NFL. It, it really comes down to that. I mean, they tried their best and there have been some successful ones in the past and some, some haven't been that successful. Um, so it just really is just about, I think, no doubt the NFL has to take a look at this closely more. And obviously the Panthers GM made some remarks about what he kind of went to thinking. But Frank Reich comes in with um, a lot to figure out at the quarterback position. Panthers have tried to address that situation. Um, you know, either trying to go for Deshaun Watson um, or trying to land some quarterback that they can kind of have an answer to. And so now Frank Reich could be charged with a lot. They have some decent weapons on this team, right? With, uh, with you know, Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore. Um they do have some decent weapons on this team. Uh, you know, the real question is how well can they, you know, put it together? And I look at the division itself. There's going to be a lot of changeover in the division, right? The Buccaneers may not be the same team next year. Um, the Buccaneers may not be the same team next year, you know, with their changes. I mean, it's not, Buccaneers probably still have the best talent in terms of wide receivers personnel, um, but they're not going to be the same team, likely. I mean, if Ray decides to excuse me, leave, you know, what will happen there at the quarterback position, who knows? I mean, they could be in the North, but the Panthers are really competing, you know, with trying to have that quarterback, have that pairing, you know, head coach quarterback pairing that can really give them a chance to win the games that they came up short last year, and, you know, I think that's the important thing to kind of talk about here is just, you know, how do you get that? And so I think the Panthers do have a top pick in the draft. They possibly could move up if they need to in the draft. They do have some capital there to do some things. So I just look at it and I think that, you know, Frank Reich is into a situation where He's got some young talent. The defense definitely showed some signs of progress last year through the injuries kind of held them back. They do have some key role players, and you know, in Hubbard, um, and like I said, like I said, Moore and Marshall, um, you know, and Arnold tight end. They do have some good pieces that Frank Reich definitely is going to step into with and have a lot to prove. Um, but hopefully, they got this one right. Uh, I think Frank Reich is going to have to do a lot in terms of really trying to get this portal situation figured out and they're going to have to find an answer to their to their like quarterback question they've had for a while and that's going to be the key for the Kansas offenses identifying that quarterback and building a roster and having success around Frank Wright and that's going to really come down to the team and the staff that he chooses to kind of build out um, coming up in, in the next you know three to four months So now that brings me uh, to talking about the Denver Broncos. 
the Denver Broncos have completed and finalized the trade, I believe, with Sean Payton to be their next head coach in the Saints. So the Saints will get a first-round pick. Um, and I guess a few other picks are also in this deal as well. Um, the Broncos kind of you know, land that high-profile you know, high coach, Sean Payton, Super Bowl winning coach. Obviously had a lot of success with the Saints and Drew Brees. Uh, well-respected and well-appreciated in the NFL throughout the years. Um, and, you know, now the Broncos have decided to bring him in. And this is a big move for the Broncos and this ownership that's obviously trying to spend and win money. And I mean, like, they, they, are, they are at the ownership group that spent a lot of money on this team. And they spent a lot of money on Russell Wilson, who was given a big contract before the season. And so now they bring in Sean Payton to kind of fix and reju- you know, rejuvenate the Broncos. The Broncos were a team... Uh, that, you know, going back, I would say three to four or five years ago, they were really good, you know, but they've had a lot of quarterback shuffling as well. Um, and they hope to, you know, address that when they acquired Russell Wilson this past season. Um, but the Broncos had a, you know, nightmare season. They did not play their best. They did not look like a team that was responding to Daniel Hackett as head coach. Uh, they did have some injuries on offense. Their defense took a step back a little bit with some players being moved and traded. Uh, the Broncos dealt with a couple of injuries, no doubt, last year. Uh, that definitely affected the chemistry of their team. But you didn't see Russell Wilson step up and play well in a lot of games. You know, he was really off. And so now Sean Payton, obviously one of the most brilliant offensive minds in the NFL, comes in, you know, with, uh, you know, with the Jerry Judy and a Corlin Sutton and couple of tight ends and then running backs, you know, uh, they are going to have, I think, Javante Williams back next season. So the Broncos have pretty good talent there. The question is, can they have a coach now that can kind of get it done? They thought that Hackett would be the answer last year because he had success in Green Bay, but you just never saw the players and the coaching kind of come together. Sean Payton is going to address all those things very, very well. Obviously, someone who can speak, can command the locker room, and he's more of a person that kind of build, kind of build Denver's culture and cache it back to what it was. Um, it won't be easy for him because obviously he's going to be competing in a division where you have a Justin Herbert, you know, you have the Raiders who are going to probably have a new quarterback next year, and you have obviously the king of the AFC West at, at this point, and that is Patrick Mahomes. So within the division itself. Um, you look at it, they're going to have a lot to compete with. Um, but this is what the Broncos uh, signed up for. And yes, the Chiefs have been the team that has, has dominated, has won on a bunch of AFC you know, West titles straight in a row. And so now, uh, if you're the Broncos, you know how do you answer that? And now you got Sean Payton, a coach that you were linked to pretty much for the entire, um, you know, cycle in terms of like this was the coach that you had talked about Russell Wilson apparently is also a big fan of this as well and so now Sean Payton has those experiences where he's been really good in the regular season obviously his playoff uh, record and shortcomings have been well reported and talked about but you know he is someone that definitely is going to get a lot of uh, uh, you know the freedom to really kind of build this team work this team into the team that he wants it to be and they're going to have to address some key spots in the offensive line. 
Um, but this is really an investment. This is really a big thing for Russell Wilson because now they got him a coach that really, um, you know, is going to try to come in and try to help him and get him back to playing football the way that he used to play. Obviously, Drew Brees, Russell Wilson, two different players, uh, play styles, but Sean Payton definitely enjoys coaching. He loves challenging. He took a break from coaching, right? And so now he gets a chance to go into Denver and really do something special for this group that hasn't been done in a very long, long time. And he's going to get a lot of opportunities to be, to do that um, if he can kind of figure out a couple of situations, a couple of spots uh, in terms of this team and how to kind of address that, you know, moving forward. So a big move for Denver. I don't know if it's going to elevate them to the point where they'll have a chance to be one of the AFC's best next season, but they're definitely going to be in the conversation for a playoff spot. But it all comes up to Russell Wilson. And there were some things last year that were reported by Russell Wilson and this team and how things were kind of going to some personality off the field stuff a little bit here and there. Um, so this is a big spot for Russell Wilson and Sean Payton because they're going to have to really come together, compromise, and really figure out the best version of themselves and each other if they want to be successful next year and compete. Uh, for a playoff spot in the AFC. Now that brings me to the Houston Texans, and I have, I have like like you know like many others that have spoke about this. I, the Houston Texans are a team that really has you know been in the negative light uh, as, as as a franchise as a team. You know the past two to three seasons, they just really haven't been that team that you know, you felt like was going the right direction because they were making a lot of questionable moves. They were not giving you that indication of having a, a, a plan to actually build this team. Well, that all changed yesterday. For the one, for once, the Houston Texans did something right, and that is bringing and hiring uh, D'Amico Ryans, who obviously spent a number of years playing for the Houston Texans and the Eagles. Uh, D'Amico Ryans, I believe, won Defensive Rookie of the Year back in 06 or 07, I believe, and he was also a two-time Pro Bowler. And so they hired D'Amico Ryans to be their head coach, I think on a six-year contract, which is huge uh, because look at the previous coaches that the Houston Texans had decided to go with, obviously, Lovey Smith, David Culley. They weren't really into those coaches. They were getting a very short leash. Uh, because they know what they wanted to do. Uh, but they spent a lot of time, interviewed a lot of different candidates. And they hired D'Amico Ryan, who's a former player uh, in Houston. You know, he's got that ties of being there and playing for them. And so D'Amico Ryan gets a six-year deal to be the head coach of the Houston Texans. Um, obviously, the Texans have been through a lot in terms of you know, the Sean Walker situation and not handling that bestly and then they made a trade and so in this past year the Houston Texans did compete uh, fairly well better than I thought they would um, but now they have a coach who comes over with the, with the you know the, obviously the playing experience being in Houston but also spending time under Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers um, you know and the Niners defense they had an incredible season um you know, Robert Salah was obviously a key defensive coordinator there um, who really made that defense really great. And then Demeco Ryan kind of picked it up as soon as he kind of took over and was there. 
he in the, he and throughout the years he worked his way up. Obviously, being an assistant and you know quality coach and then you know defensive coach and like Domingo Ryan's has definitely come a long way. He's earned his way into being this type of in this position to have a head coach opportunity. He really worked hard and was really you know great about it. And the great thing about Domingo Ryan's and everything that's kind of said about him that he's a great motivator, good talker. And players respect him. Players appreciate him. And so now he is hoping to bring that change to Houston, where they haven't had that best culture. They haven't had someone to really hold people accountable. Um, and hopefully, the ownership of the Houston Texans lets him do what he actually wants to do in terms of like building this team out, because they have to address a number of spots on this team. Now, the AFC South, you know, is a division that has changed a little bit, right? Look at the the Jacksonville Jaguars, who had a lot of success this past year with Doug Peterson. You know, you look at the Tennessee Titans. They have question marks about Ryan Tannehill, Derrick Henry, Mike Vrabel. They're the most experienced team there. And then you have the Colts, who are looking for their coach. So the AFC South is a winnable division next year. It's been that way for a few years now. But Jacksonville might be the new team that you look at and be like, yeah, they're the team that the young talent there are sending. So Houston, you look at the Houston Texans, they do have players that are young on their team a few here and there there, there are some veterans and so Jamaica Ryan's are going to have I think a good amount of draft capital to, to work with and they're going to have to find and identify a key spot in this team obviously with the quarterback first being a, a huge topic of conversation you know how do you address that position and then how do you kind of build this defense to be a better version of them, of them themselves is really really important so obviously this is going to be a huge opportunity for him he is you know one of those younger coaches um but he spent a lot of time under Kyle Shanahan he's, he's kind of learned a lot because you know he played for the Eagles and the Texans and so he's got a lot of good background he's coming in with and the key thing for him now is you know are you able to put it all together able to kind of put Houston back on a winning track but they've had a lot of losing in the past few seasons and they've you know, they've struggled at times to be able to put that talent together. So he's going to have an opportunity to do that. I hope he's really successful in doing so because, like I said, it's not easy for any any of these coaches to be in, in the position that they have. But he was able to really do well in the process enough. Um, and he chose, like, he chose the Texans over a number of other teams that were interested in him. So that speaks to him just really wanting to, you know, change things, bring Houston back to a point where they were a respectable team. And hopefully he gets to do that, you know, hopefully he gets to do that and has success doing so. But they have, you know, a couple of big decisions to make in the draft. Obviously, the number two overall pick, I believe they, they do have. So he's had, he had a lot on his plate to kind of already figure out. Uh, but it's going to be fun to see how he navigates that. Obviously, you know, he's been talked about so well by a lot of players and a lot of people. Um, and now it's just really important for him to really come out and be successful. Um and you know, give it his all. So, should be interesting to see how these all these coaches really do pan out and do overall. Um, it's gonna be fun to kind of break down what ends up transpiring um, in some of these, uh, you know, uh, you know, coaches as they kind of build their staffs out a little bit and you know, try to build their uh, build their team forward. So it's gonna be fun to kind of talk about that and see where things kind of end up transpiring 
um, and then you know go from there. So thank you for listening to another episode by Real Sports Talk by Nawaz Kalia. Thank you. <laughs>